to you tonight as a people knowing that you're the one that's going to usher in true righteousness. And Lord, we know that you're the one uh, that is going to prepare for that. And, and Lord, we want to be ones that keep our eyes on the things above. And, and Lord, I do pray that we would continue to be salt and light uh, to this world. That we would continue to be ones to look, to be a witness to people with what your word declares and the truth of the gospel and standing firm for Jesus Christ. And Lord, that you would be one that, Father, um, that would be proclaimed loudly in this nation. And so, Father, we just pray that tonight as we come and we see some important lessons that, that even tonight we need to hear how it is that we can be true to you and serving you, that you would teach us once again. In Jesus' name, amen. So the priest here, the Levitical priesthood that is being established, of course, Leviticus is just a, a continuation of the book of Exodus. So the tabernacle has been built. And so the tabernacle is ready and the priestly garments, the sacrifices that were described to us in the first seven chapters, it's a handbook for the priest. This is how you do the sacrifices. This is what the sacrifices are about. And as we went through the burnt sacrifice or offering, the, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin and trespass offering, it all, of course, speaks of Jesus Christ as he is the fulfillment of those offerings but also speaks to you and to me as we are called the royal priesthood. We are called the kingdom of priests, Revelation chapter 5. And so how it is that we can make application in our own lives as we are living sacrifices. So we talked about that quite extensively. And now as we open up chapter 8, it's, it's to prepare the priest for ministry. And there's always that, that preparing that takes place before the presentation of the priest, which we're going to see in chapter 9. For you and for me, God always is preparing us and he will prepare you and I for the calling that he has in our lives. Now, here's something that I want to keep in the back of your mind, because you might be here and you're thinking, well, you know what? I'm not going to be a pastor. I'm not going to be an elder or, or a full time missionary, whatever it is. But you see, all of us are called to serve the Lord. All of us are, have something to do in the body of Christ. And the New Testament is very, very clear about that. And so wherever God has placed you, whether mom, it's in the home right now, as you're taking care of the kids, that it's whether you're ministering to perhaps at work, people there, or maybe you're teaching a Sunday school class, or maybe it's you're leading a home fellowship, whatever it might be. The Lord desires to use you, and these principles that we're looking at are going to be extremely important for you and I to remember to be true in ministry. And so we looked at last week how the priests were prepared to consecrate the priest. That is, Aaron and your sons, you're the ones that are going to do the priestly ministry. And so you're set aside for that. And as we saw, they would be washed there at the door of the tabernacle. You and I have been washed by what? The blood of Jesus Christ, haven't we? We've been washed by the Holy Spirit. Regeneration of the washing of the Holy Spirit, Titus 3 says. We're a new creation in Christ. And also, even as you come into this place tonight, Ephesians 5 says you're being washed by the water of the word. We know that there was the anointing of oil upon the priest. And you see, any type of ministry that we do, ministering to young ones, ministering to our children, leading a group of, uh, of people in a small Bible study, whatever it is that you're called to do. If you're called to the mission field full time or whether you're called to go across the street to talk to that neighbor, the thing is, the anointing 
anointing of the Holy Spirit is very important because ministry isn't about striving and doing it out of your own flesh and out of your own agendas and things like that. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we move into chapter 10. We saw that there was the applying of the blood on the right ear and the right thumb and the right toe. And Lord, you consecrate me or you set me aside that I may hear of you in your ways and know your ways and teach me, Lord, to know you better. Lord, that I may have hands to, to serve you practically. And you see, ministry is doing very practical things. It's perhaps making a meal for somebody. It's changing diapers in the nursery. Maybe doing some cleaning or pouring a cup of coffee for somebody that just came in the door on that cold, uh, windy November night. You see, that's ministry. It's doing very practical things. And Lord, on the big toe, it would be applied to blood. And Lord, because of what Jesus Christ did for me, I desire to walk in his ways. So all these things that we've been looking at uh, as we looked at it. And then we also saw a very important principle that they would be in the tabernacles. We in the chapter eight for seven days and there they would be in the tabernacle. And then as we open up chapter nine, that it came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said to Aaron, take for yourselves a young bull as a sin offering and a ram as a burnt offering without blemish and offer them before the Lord. And to the children of Israel you shall speak, saying, Take a kid of the goats of a sin offering and a calf and a lamb, both of the first year, without blemish, as a burnt offering. Also a bowl of ram of a peace offering to sacrifice before the Lord and a grain offering mixed with oil for today the Lord will appear to you. You see, now in chapter 9 there's going to be the presentation of the priests. But here there was private devotion as they were tucked away in the tabernacle for seven days. And always, I think, before you and I can minister effectively as we are presented, if it were, the day that we have opportunities, which should be every day to minister to other people, that, Lord, I've been in private devotion to you. And that's why I want to reiterate to you, and I know I sound like a broken record, but you know what? Get used to it. Because the thing is, daily devotions are extremely important. That you're studying your Bible. Not just coming here. I'm glad you guys come out on Wednesday nights. What a blessing it is to see you. And on Sunday mornings, and ladies' Bible studies, and men's Bible studies. Keep doing that. But learn to have that consistent devotion in your own life where you're taking in God's Word, where you're seeking the Lord, and you're doing it. In the morning, says, Lord, I'm about ready to go out, whatever my day may be. And Lord, you guide me and you direct me. And Lord, you empower me to do what it is that I have opportunity to do in serving you today, again, in very simple ways. And so here was that private devotion before this presentation. And it's interesting here as we look at it, that after seven days, of course, seven in the Old Testament, it's a number of completion. There's seven days in a week, isn't there? And so we see that, that here's this completion uh, of being prepared for the ministry or, or this this uh, consecration ceremony. The thing about it is, is that there comes a time I know in my life that the Lord is preparing you for something and all of a sudden he says, okay, I prepared you for this. Now I'm going to open up the door for you to go through. Now don't think that the Lord stops preparing you for ministry and growing you because that's always a process that's taking place, isn't it? I know in my own life that I think, Lord, you have so much more to do in my life. And I've been in ministry for 16 years now, full-time ministry, and I think, Lord, I'm just beginning to understand what it is, what ministry is really about. He's shown me so much, and he has grown me, and he continues to do that. So that's a lifelong process. But I know that there are certain seasons in my life that the Lord was preparing me for a particular 
thing in ministry or what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden the door opened up. So seven is the number of completion. Eight is the number of new beginnings, isn't it? And there's a new beginning in your life and my life when we come to Jesus Christ and we submit our hearts and our lives to Him. When we say, Lord, I surrender all to You and I just want to please You with my life. I want to walk in Your ways. And Lord, I want to serve You. No longer serving the world. But Lord, You're the priority of my life. New beginnings. And you will find, as the Scripture says, that His mercies are new every day. And so here they are. They're being presented. But also, the eighth day would be what? The first day of the week. And notice here in verse 4 that today the Lord will appear to you. What does that remind you of? Who appeared on the first day of the week? It was the Lord, wasn't He? As on the first day of the week, three days after He was crucified, the Lord appeared. And the angel said that he is alive to the women that came to the tomb and saw that the body of Jesus was gone. And Jesus would appear to Mary and to the women. He would appear to the disciples. And the Lord is alive and he desires to do a marvelous thing in your life and my life in using this for his glory and for his purposes. So here we see new beginnings and we see the Lord desiring uh, to, to do a marvelous work in our own lives as he is alive in our hearts. In verse 7, so they brought what Moses commanded before the tabernacle of meeting and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. And then Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded you to do and the glory of the Lord will appear to you. And Moses said to Aaron, go to the altar, offer your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourselves and for the people. Offer the offering of the people and make atonement atonement for them as the Lord commanded. Now, a couple of things here. Isn't it amazing? They've been in the tabernacle seven days and they come out and they have to do offerings, sin offerings, and they have to do their burnt offerings, which shows me is so true what Hebrew says that the, that the sacrifices of, of bulls and goats and animals wasn't enough for forgiveness of sin. It was made for atonement to cover sin until Jesus Christ would come and die for our sins once and for all. So it amazes me, this continually having to do sacrifices, bring the sin offerings and stuff. But there's an important note here that I think that you can miss if you're not careful here. And that is in verse 7, Moses said to Aaron, you go to the altar. In other words, Moses has been doing the sacrifices up until this point. And now he's saying, Moses saying to Aaron, Aaron, now I'm giving it to you. Now I'm entrusting this thing to you, this ministry to you. You've been told what to do. You've been prepared. You've been given instructions by the Lord. Everything's ready to go. So Aaron, now you make the sacrifice. You and your sons. And so now this is being handed over to Aaron and his sons for you know what's going to continue to be the Levitical priesthood that's going to go all the way up through Jesus and even after Jesus' death and resurrection until 70 AD, the destruction of the temple, the second temple in Jerusalem. There comes a time, I know, that the Lord not only says to us, I'm entrusting this to you now, that you've been prepared for what I have for you, this, this particular ministry, even though a process of growing us and preparing us continues all through our lives. But there comes a time I know that the Lord said, you know what, this is what I want you to do now. This is where I want you to go. Now you're ready for this. And he entrusts us to that ministry. 
because we've been instructed, because we've been listening to Him, because He's been preparing us, because He's anointed us. And there's a time also, I think, for us as a church, you know, what's an important principle is I, I watch these young people all just kind of flood out of here and go upstairs. It's a wonderful thing to see. And my prayer is is that, that, that we continue to get them grounded and continue to encourage them and to love them and, and to encourage them in the things of the Lord. Because that's our future. And I know that there's some young people particularly that they feel like they're excited about ministry and, and maybe perhaps the mission field and things like that. And we want to do everything that we can to prepare them and encourage them and, and to grow them. And I know there's going to be a time where we can say, you know what, now it's going to be entrusted to you. And, and that takes place, again, in the simplest of terms. You know, those who have been growing and, and, and learning of God's Word and, and maturing, now the time has come where you can teach a Sunday school class. Now it's coming a time where you can do this ministry. Now it's coming a time where you can help lead in worship because you have the maturity and you understand what that's about. Do you see what I'm saying? So I pray that we would be a church, that we would continue to encourage our young people in serving the Lord. And all of us need to be encouraged, but particularly them, because again, they are the future. And I pray for them that, Lord, I hope that they understand that serving the Lord, the joy of serving the Lord, the joy of, of, of walking with the Lord and, and desiring to be used of the Lord. Ah, oh, we don't want them to be enamored with the world. But Lord, I want them to be enamored with you in a life of serving you. And so here we see that it was entrusted to Aaron. And so verse 8, Aaron therefore went to the altar and killed the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And the sons of Aaron brought the blood to him, and he dipped his finger in the blood and put it on the horns of the altar, and poured the blood at the base of the altar. But the fat and the kidneys and the fatty loaf from the liver of the sin offering, he burned on the altar as the Lord had commanded Moses. The flesh and the hide he burned with fire outside the camp. And he killed the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons presented to him the blood which he sprinkled all around the altar. And then they presented the burnt offering to him with pieces and head and burned them on the altar. And he washed the entrails with his legs and burned them on the burnt offering on the altar. And so we see sacrifices given for Aaron and his sons, and then the sin offering for his own sin, and then the burnt offering. Again, we know what those offerings mean. The, the sin offering, of course, Jesus was our sin offering. We come to him, and Lord, I recognize that I am a sinner, and that you died for me, and that you have provided forgiveness of sin by your blood. But also the burnt offering, saying that the animal was completely consumed on the altar there, that Lord, that you take all of my life. I completely surrender to you. But did you catch something here in verse 8? That as Aaron went before the altar, he killed the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. He killed the calf. He killed the calf. What did he do just not a long time before this? He molded a calf, didn't he? He molded a calf out of gold. And I never saw this before, and the Lord spoke this to me. That in this, what you're seeing is my grace and my mercy. Because you remember the story back in Exodus how Moses was up on the mountain and the people became impatient. And, and so they said, you know what, let us make gods and say they brought us out of Egypt. And so Aaron said, instructed the people, take your gold and, and let's shape a golden calf. And that's what Aaron did. He shaped the golden calf. He said, we'll make a feast for 
the Lord. And, and, and what the people did was sin greatly. And Moses came down from the mountain. He dealt with the people and he turned to Aaron and he said, Aaron, what did the people do that you should do this, Aaron? And sin such a great sin. And Aaron, of course, at that time, he was saying, well, you know what? You know, the people, they're the, the Stephanic people, they forced me to do it. And you were up on the mountain. They didn't know what happened. And, and we threw this gold in and poof, out came a calf. <laughs> the excuses that Aaron made. And I would have thought at that time that God was through with Aaron. Would have written him off. I think Moses probably felt that way at that time. And all of a sudden, he's the high priest now. And I want to say this. That some of us can look at our lives before we became a Christian and the life that we lived. And we were full of idol worship. And of course, they rose up to play full of idolatry. And not only idolatry, but immorality. And sometimes people can look at their life and say, Lord, before I came to you, I had sinned such, so deeply. And Lord, how could you ever use somebody like me? And I want you to know that you put that under the blood of Jesus Christ and allow the Lord to use you. Because there isn't a single person that can't be saved and forgiven and used of the Lord. Because He's the one that makes us a new creation in Christ. He's the one that washes us clean. And He's the one that will take a sinner. And we're going to see this. That Jesus said that the Son of Man came to save those who were lost, who were sinners. And he will use the sinner. And I've seen some of the guys in the Calvary Chapel movement that came out of the drugs and they came out of the alcohol and they came out of the most terrible things and some of them being used to impact you know, the kingdom of God all throughout the world. Some of them pastoring some of the largest churches in the world because they surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. And I don't want anybody to ever think that because of their past, that you know that they have gone through. Look at Paul the Apostle. He killed Christians before he was saved. And he would mention that. And he would say, I was a waster of the church. But he would say, forgetting those things which are behind, I press forward to the high calling of Christ Jesus. I press towards the goal, the prize that is in Christ Jesus. It's Jesus himself that said, you put your hand to the plow and keep moving forward. Don't look back. You keep moving forward. Keep running your race. And that, I think, is the message here tonight of good news for you and for me. So this grace that's being shown to Aaron and in verse 15, then he brought the people offering. He took the goat that was the sin offering for the people and he killed it and offered it for sin like the first one. And he brought the burnt offering and offered it according to the prescribed manner. And then he brought the grain offering, took a handful of it and burned it on the altar besides the burnt sacrifice of the morning. And he also killed the bull of the ram as a sacrifice as a peace offering, which were for the people. And Aaron's sons presented to him the blood which he sprinkled all around the altar and the fat from the bull and the ram and the fatty tail that covered the entrails and kidneys and the fatty lobe attached to the liver. And he put the fat on the breast and then burned the fat on the altar. And he put uh, the breast in the right thigh Aaron waved as a wave offering before the Lord as Moses commanded. And so not only the sin offering but then the burnt offering and then also what is given here is the, is the grain offering and then verse 18 the peace offering for the people showing fellowship with God. And so this fellowship's going on and all of a sudden, verse 22, Aaron lifted his hand towards the people, blessed them, and came down 
from the offering, the sin offering, the burnt offering, the peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. Then all the glory of the Lord appeared to the people. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. And so all of a sudden, this holy happening is going on. I mean, here's Moses and Aaron. They do the, Aaron is doing the, the, the sin offerings and the burnt offering and the peace offerings on behalf of the people. And they, Moses and Aaron come out of the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord is manifesting. And all of a sudden, fire comes out from before the Lord. It, it consumes the, the burnt offering them on the altar. The Lord would light that fire on that altar. And then all of a sudden, the people would shout as they saw the glory of the Lord, and they fell on their faces. It reminds me so much of Solomon when, he, after he had given the prayer there in the dedication of the, of the temple there, and, and and as they dedicated that temple, it, again the the shine of Shekinah glory of God was manifested to where the priests could not minister there in, in the temple. It was such a wonderful day in the history of Israel. And here it's a wonderful day as the tabernacle uh, here uh, is, is ready to go with the priestly ministry. And all of a sudden the glory of the Lord and the people fall on their faces and, and, and they're glorifying God. And, and it's a very special time. But unfortunately, there's a chapter 10. So chapter 10, we read Nabat and Abihu. The sons of Aaron each took his censer and put fire on it and put incense on it and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Aaron had four sons, right? Four sons here, just gone through the prescribed manner of how they were to do the sacrifices, getting prepared to do the ministry, being anointed in the tabernacle for seven days for devotions. All of a sudden, they're doing the sin offering and the, and the burnt offerings and the peace offering. The, the Lord manifests Himself. Fire comes out from before the Lord. And all of a sudden, these two guys, two of the sons of Aaron, He has four of them, two of them, like their own censers, and they offer profane, or that is strange fire, before the Lord, which He had not commanded them. In chapter 10 here, as we've seen the, the preparing the priest for ministry, chapter 9, the presentation of the priest for ministry, chapter 10 has some very important lessons that we're going to quickly look at that is going to help us be true to ministry. If you want to have longevity, if you want to really please the Lord, there are certain types of attitudes and certain things that we are not to do. And notice here in this chapter here that we see in verse 1 that they offered strange fire before the Lord which He had not commanded them. All the way through chapter 8, chapter 9, we have seen that it's been told to us that Moses, Aaron, did what was commanded of the Lord. What was commanded of the Lord. What was commanded of the Lord. And all of a sudden now we see here they did something which was not commanded of the Lord. So four things that you can jot down or remember or take notes in this chapter. Four things not to do if you want to be true to ministry. Verse 1, you don't offer a strange fire before the Lord. We will see in verse 3, don't take the glory from the Lord. Verses 6 and 7, don't misrepresent God. And then we're going to see verses 8 through 11, that you are not to be influenced by that other than God. So don't offer, first of all, in verse 1, strange fire before the Lord. What's the strange fire before the Lord? You need to understand something. This wasn't just something that Nabat and Abihu just kind of, you know, um, just got caught up in the moment and all of a sudden they're being, you know, consumed by fire. Um, this, this isn't something 
that you know they naively did. This is something that they willingly and, and very deliberately disobeyed God in these things that we're going to look at in offering strange fire, first of all. So they got burnt by the Lord. And I'll tell you what, these four principles are very important. And you talk about, you know, you hear people say, you know, they've said to me over the years, you know, I'm getting burned out in ministry. It's like, well, this is literally getting burned out in ministry. But the thing is, if you don't want to be burnt out in ministry, first of all, (laughs) I know that was bad, but don't (laughs) offer strange fire to the Lord. And what is that strange fire? There are censers that we have looked at were to be lit from what? The altar. It was to be lit from the altar. Somehow they lit their own censers, as it said. They took a censer, put fire in it, put incense on it. And they offered this strange fire before the Lord. We're going to see that the Lord's going to say in Leviticus chapter 16 that Aaron, don't just let anybody come into the Holy of Holies, that you're the only one, the high priest, and that is the Holy of Holies behind that veil that would be the Shekinah glory of the Lord. That's where the tangible presence of the Lord is. Aaron, don't come in there any time lest you die. Only the high priest once a year for a short time after elaborate washings and cleansings. That's when they were to come. They were to light the fire from the censers from the altar. The altars is where they did the sacrifices. And for you and for me to come to the Lord, you know what? We don't light strange fire and present it before the Lord. We go to the cross at Calvary, don't we? That altar of sacrifice pointing to the fact that Jesus Christ was sacrificed for you and for me. You see, there's strange fire that's being presented today. And there are those who call themselves ministers that are saying, oh, there's all kinds of different ways that you can come to God. We don't want to be exclusive. We don't want to say that it's only through Jesus Christ and the death on Calvary's cross. You know, and believing in faith and believing that He rose from the grave, that that's where salvation comes. They want to say, well, you can come in different ways. And these guys, after we have seen very carefully all these chapters that we've been going through, and even in Exodus, and all the sacrifices, and all the instructions that's been given to Moses, Moses now entrusts Aaron and his sons to this, to this ministry as they've been instructed. And all of a sudden, they thought they could approach God in their own way. And there are those today offering strange fire that think that you can come to God in all kinds of different ways, and they're, they're lighting strange fire, and they're presenting strange fire before the Lord. And we know that the way to the Father, as Jesus said, is through Him. Because He declared that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Me. And we need to remember, first of all, that we don't offer strange fire before the Lord. That the way that we approach Him, first of all, is that we approach Him by faith in Jesus Christ. And that is the good news for you and for me on this side of the cross. Then Hebrews declares that we can have, you know, presence into the Holy of Holies, or that is, we can come into the presence of the Lord, not just on one day, but any time. Because the veil's been ripped. As Jesus hung on the cross and cried out, it is finished, the veil in the temple was ripped that separate the holy place from the most holy place. And the Lord was saying, now it is possible for you to come in and, and have presence of me because provision has been made truly now by the blood of Jesus Christ, as Hebrew declares. And now we can come into the Holy of Holies any time we want, as long as we want, as many times as we want. So we don't offer strange fire before the Lord. 
And so there are those who will do that. But second of all, as we continue reading here, so the fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people I must be glorified. Not only do you don't offer strange fire before the Lord, you don't just approach God on your own way, but also second of all, in that, and I don't want to forget this point, you want to minister in the way God wants you to minister, if you want to be true to ministry. You see, you don't just minister in your own way. And sometimes that can be a trap that individuals and churches and ministries can get into. Well, we're going to come up with some clever ideas. We're going to come up with our own thing to do. We're going to come up with all these programs and stuff rather than seeking the Lord in the Word of God and how it is that we are to, to, to minister, how it is as a church, as a body of Christ, that we are to minister to others. And we can get caught up in all kinds of things and entertainment and productions and all of this. Rather than saying, Lord, you know what? We come to you. And Lord, how is it that you want us to minister to people and be in a light and bought into the body of Christ that we can edify the body of Christ? But second of all here, the second thing that we don't want to do is try to take the glory away from the Lord. And here the indication is, is these guys tried to do that. They wanted in on this holy happening. And by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. You and I, we come as we minister in humility. And our desire is not that we get exalted, not a desire that we become famous, not that our names are known. Our desire is that, Jesus, your name is known and you get the glory. Lord, the glory and the honor goes to you because you're the one who has saved us. You're the one who died for us. You're the one who has given us salvation, forgiveness. You're the one that uses us. You're the one who empowers us. You're the creator of the universe. And all glory and honor goes to you. We were created, as Revelation chapter 4 says, for His good pleasures. It is Him that works in us both the will and to do of His good pleasures. And so you and I are to live our lives and to serve our lives for the Lord in a way that brings glory to Him. And as Isaiah the prophet wrote, that the Lord will not share His glory with any man or any woman. And unfortunately today, one of the traps that, that ministers can get into and those who are in ministry is they want to do it in a way that I hope glory is brought to me. They want the fame, the popularity, and all of this. But the thing is, He is to get the glory, isn't He? And so we don't want to take that glory away from the Lord. And you know, it's okay with me if my name isn't known. Because I can't save anybody. I, I want to be a blessing to you. I, I want to be an example of a godly man to you. Certainly I do. But Jesus Christ is the one to be glorified. And He's the one to be exalted. And He's the one that is going to work in your life in such a wonderful way. He's the wonderful counselor. He's your refuge. He's your strength. He's your joy. He's everything that you need. So let's glorify Him each and every time that we come into this place. Let's glorify Him as we do our ministries. Let's point to Him and let's exalt Him and have people look to Him. I want people to look past me into Jesus Christ and for Him to be glorified. So, number one, you don't offer strange fire to the Lord. You don't just approach the Lord in your own way and do ministry in your own way. But it's prescribed in the manner that God has told us in His Word. Second of all, don't take the glory away from the Lord. And then we read in verse 4, Then Moses called Mishael and Elsaphan and the sons of Uziel and uncle of Aaron and said to them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary of the camp. So they went near and carried them by their tunics out of the camp as Moses had said. So here, 
we see that um, their bodies are removed out of the tabernacle. In verse 6, And Moses said to Aaron, to Eleazar and Ithamar, his sons, do not uncover your heads, nor tear your, tear your clothes, lest you die in wrath, come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. And you shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. Now we can read these two verses, in verses 6 and 7, and we can kind of think, well, this is kind of hard, isn't it? Harsh. You know, Aaron and his remaining two sons, don't go out and tear your clothes, uncover your head, which was a way of mourning. But you're to remain in the tabernacle. Remember that you've been anointed by the Lord. So don't do that. And we can initially read this and think, well, is the Lord being a little bit harsh to Aaron and his sons? But I think there's an important lesson in here, and I hope I can articulate it enough for you. You know, any of us that go through any kind of loss of somebody who's near to us, I mean, Aaron saw his two sons being consumed. Surely he's grieving. Surely this is a very, very difficult time for Aaron and his sons. And any of us, as we go through loss, sure, we're going to grieve and we'll go through those times and those seasons, whatever losses or difficult times or circumstances. But I think there's an important principle that I hope you understand my heart on this, that the Lord desires to continue to use you. Here, you know what? Aaron and your sons, don't go out and rip your clothes and uncover your head because there's a possibility, a real possibility that you're going to misrepresent me as being harsh and hard and, and unloving and unholy and unrighteous. And I need to be represented correctly. Again, it doesn't mean that we don't go through struggles and, Lord, I don't understand what's going on. But the thing is, we need to always represent the Lord correctly. And righteous and true are you, Lord. And I may not understand everything that goes on in my life. I don't understand the losses. I don't know why I'm going through this trial. But, Lord, I trust in you. And you are good and your promises are true. Do you see what I'm saying? I've heard pastors say that, well, you know what, we need to forgive God. And I'm thinking, wow. It's indicating that he did something wrong. That he's unjust and unfair and unrighteous. And I know there are times that can be extremely difficult, but keep a proper perspective that, Lord, I trust you with my salvation. You are good. You are perfect. You are holy. You are righteous. And one day, as the scripture declares, we will all be in heaven together saying, Lord, righteous and true are your decisions, are your judgments, O Lord. And Lord, I may not understand. And yes, I'm struggling. You can read the Psalms, how David, you know, just kind of pouring out his heart to the Lord. He understands, but we're but flesh. Understands the highest mantle that I have as a minister of God is to represent Him correctly. And I don't want to misrepresent the Lord because any of us that go through life and even in times of ministry in my own life, you know, is, is we go through life, we go through hard times and difficulties, but the Lord wants to continue to use you. And you will find it oftentimes that in those trials and difficulties as you allow the Lord to bring healing and as you allow Him to bring strength and counsel and direction and you see the faithfulness of God that He's going to use you in an even more powerful way. And you're going to be used in a very beautiful way. In a very strong way. But we don't want to misrepresent the Lord. Moses, tell Aaron, he's been anointed. 
continue doing. And also, for longevity in ministry, I know for me, there have been times where, you know what, it does get hard and it gets tough. And you know what, Lord, I don't want to do this. And I feel like tearing my clothes and pulling out my hair. And the Lord says, no. I'll give you the strength to keep going and keep ministering. Keep loving the people. Keep feeding. Allow me to continue the work. But don't give up. And I see people that go through hard times and difficult times and I understand and we're going to be here to pray for you and and help you and encourage you. That's what the body of Christ is all about. But don't stop running your race. Don't stop running your race. You've been anointed of the Lord in whatever the Lord has called you. And I know there's a time where we've got to step back and heal. I know there's a time where, you know, we just, we just need to refocus or whatever it is. But in longevity, know that the Lord desires that He wants to continue to use you up until your final days. And for you to say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to trust in You. I'm going to look to You because I believe Your promises and You are good. And you are faithful in that you are true. Then we read this fourth thing that's very important, verse 8. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. You nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle meeting lest you die. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations that you may distinguish between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. That you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord spoken to them by the hand of Moses. The fourth thing to stay true to the ministry is that we need to remember that we are to be filled with the Spirit as Ephesians 5 says not to be drunk with wine but you be filled with the Spirit. And obviously we don't want to be ones that are filled with alcohol or with drugs but here's the thing you don't want to be filled with anything that's going to impair your judgment to between what is holy and what is unholy, what is clean and what is unclean. Do you know what I mean? Anything that you're taking into your mind, anything of the world that's going to pollute you, defile you, you don't want to be filled with those things. But you want to be filled with the Spirit. And you want to be filled with the things of God. And you can distinguish between what is holy and what is unholy, what is clean and what is unclean. We need to have discernment and wisdom. And you see, what can happen with Christians so times is that we, if we're not careful, can take in so much of the world and so much stuff that comes in and it ends up clouding our judgment and, and, and clouds our discernment between what is right and what is wrong, what is pleasing to the Lord, what is unpleasing to the Lord, what His will is, what not His will is. So you be filled with the Spirit. Continue to be filled with the Word of God that you may know what the Lord desires for you, what the Lord desires for me, and how we live our lives and how it is that we serve Him. So it's not just talking about alcohol. The indication here is that I believe is that these two guys, Nabat and Abihu, were taken of some wine. And they were drunk. The indication perhaps is here, Aaron, don't you guys do that. So could it be that Nahad and Abihu were there in this holy happening that they were drinking and say, hey, let's get in. And we went in on this holy happening and they ran in. The Lord said, ah, you don't do that. 
You don't do that, Aaron, and the remaining two sons. And he made it a point here. And so we don't want to be filled with anything that's going to hinder our ability to be able to discern. And then as we finish up here tonight, verse 12, And Moses spoke to Aaron and Eleazar and Ithamar, his sons who were left, Take the grain offering that remains on the offerings made by fire to the Lord, and eat it without leaven beside the altar for his most holy and he shall eat it in a holy place because it is your due and your sons due for the sacrifices made by fire to the Lord for so I have been commanded and the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the heave offering you shall eat in a clean place you your sons and your daughters with you for they are your due and your sons due which are given from the sacrifices of peace offering from the children of Israel Verse 15, the thigh of the heave offering, breast and the wave offering, they shall bring the offerings of the fat made by fire. To offer is a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be yours and your sons with you as a statue forever, as the Lord commanded. So here, here, the offering that has been commanded the Lord, no leaven, there's a portion that's going to be given to you guys in these offerings, and in the sin offering, and the peace offering that you guys are to eat of. And then in verse 16, Moses made careful inquiry about the goat of the sin offering, and there it was burnt up, and he was angry at the Eleazar and Ithamar, his sons and Aaron's who were left, saying, so here is Moses angry. Why is he angry? Because the sin offering, part of it was to be kept back for them to eat. We just read that. Part of it, you're due for you to eat. This is what you're supposed to eat, part of the sin offering. And here it is on the altar. It's all being consumed. That was only to be done for what? The burnt offering, wasn't it? So they're not doing things right again. So Moses here, that's why he's upset with them. And so, verse 17, Why have you not eaten the sin offering in a holy place, since it is most holy, and God's given it to you to bear the guilt of the congregation to make atonement for them before the Lord? See, its blood was not brought inside the holy place. That is, remember, put on the horns of the altar that they were to do. Indeed, you should have eaten it in a holy place as I commanded. And so here, Moses is saying, You aren't doing it the way that you were just told to do it. We've just been through all this. And you're not doing it. But here in verse 18, or verse 19, And Aaron said to Moses, Look, this day they have offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and such things have befallen me. If I have eaten a sin offering today, would it have been accepted inside of the Lord? So when Moses heard that, he was content. So one of two things are being said here as we finish. Either Aaron was confused because of the grief. He says, what has befallen of me? Of course he was grieved. And so his other two sons. And so, you know, in that grief, we're not, you know, there was a little bit of confusion and stuff. But I think that perhaps why that what they were saying, because of what has fallen to us, I can't eat. You know how when you grieve, you just can't eat. And surely Aaron is, is grieving in his sons here for what had happened to their family. And so Moses, when he heard that, he was content. He was content. And so the Lord here showing us some very important principles of ministry. And I pray that as we continue to go through this book here at Leviticus, showing us how it is that we serve and worship and obey a holy God, that is going to continue to encourage us and just living for the Lord and the attitude that we're to have of humility. And Lord, I desire to do it in your prescribed manner. And Lord, I don't want to take the glory. And Lord, I want you to give me the strength because I can't do it in my own strength. For me to continue to minister even in difficult times and seasons that I go through in my life. And Lord, I don't want to be influenced by the world or by anything that will influence or... You know, cloud my judgment and my discernment. 
between what is holy and unholy, what is clean and unclean, between what pleases you or, Lord, what grieves you. And so, Father, we thank you. It's tonight that we can look at these simple principles in your word. And, Father, as, as we remember the sacrifice that Jesus did for us, they offer strange fire. And, Lord, we don't want to offer strange fire. We know that we come to you only through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and Him crucified, as Paul would say, is what I preach. And so, Lord, we come to the communion table. And as we come to the communion table, we remember what Jesus Christ did for us. And, Lord, we we don't want to come lightly. We don't want to come, Lord, with a heart that's distant from You, but, Lord, a heart that's really tuned in to You. Lord, just realizing what You did for us, that You are the One who came for the lost. That, That, Jesus, You're the One who went through the sufferings of Calvary for us. And it was you in that night before you went through the suffering that said that this is uh, the bread that you are to take. And eat it, this is my body which is broken for you. And do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he would take the cup, the cup of the new covenant in my blood. He said, drink and do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And we come and, and take of these communion elements remembering Jesus. And so, Lord, we come as a people that, Lord, do remember and understand that we can approach You only because of what Jesus did. And so, Lord, may our hearts be set on You right now and continue to worship. And, Lord, continue to just come to You. And, Father, if there's anything right now that, that we need to just confess, that we would do that. That, Lord, that I want to come with a heart that is towards You, not clouded. Lord, Lord, just totally present it to You. If there's anything unclean, Lord, I give it to You. And I confess it. And I know that Your blood and Your forgiveness will be given to me, Lord, as I come in faith. And Father, I thank You that we can be here tonight just, just remembering as we come to the communion table, this is what brings us together as one. Lord, what Jesus Christ provided for us. Pray that you bless this time of just worship and taking of the communion elements. And Lord, a time of just seeking you. In-